0: Philippians chapter 1 um, I know that this week your lesson was starting at 12 but we're going to back up the truck just a moment because there's treasures in every single verse. It's, it's such a um, treasure chest. Lord we pray that you would speak to us finding joy in a broken world God and as I look out at this room I know that that probably every one of us has some shattered pieces from the past, from the present. And God, we live in a a world that's seeming to crumble. So God, we pray that you would put us on the rock and help us to just shine as lights. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to start out with actually the words of Jesus because they really uh, encapsulate um, really the whole book, really the whole New Testament. Jesus said, and he finished the Sermon on the Mount, and he just looked out at the crowd, and he said, Not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, didn't we do this, and doing, didn't we do that? And, and, and I can just picture him leaning over and say, uh, Who are you? I, I never knew you. And then he goes on to explain how. How can we know the great God? How can we be connected with him in a deep and personal, stabilizing way? He said this, Whoever hears my sayings comes to me and hears my word and does it. I'll liken him to a man who's building his house on a rock, and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it didn't fall because it was founded on a rock. But he said those that don't come and don't hear and don't apply, they're like someone building their house on the stand. And, and, and just like any of us in this world, the winds do come, and they blow. And, and the rains do pound, but it falls. And that's the decision that we have. And that's, that's why it's so exciting for us to be together and fortify each other and hear the word of God, but not just hear it, but take it deep into our heart, these truths that we learn. And so as we open to the book of Philippians, backing up into chapter 1 just a little bit, um, he says such an important thing that I, I feel like it's so, so important to emphasize. In verse 6 he says, being confident of this very thing that he, the great God of the universe who flung the stars in this, into space, he who began a good work in you will complete it to the end. And, and I think for most of us, we, we should probably have a, a little sign on our forehead excuse my dust, excuse my messiness today, excuse my failure, I'm a work in progress. And um, on the freeway, they're doing a lot of freeway rehab, and, and they have the, these signs that say, slow down, <laughs> slow down, um, construction ahead. And um, that, we should give each other grace. Because we're all a work in progress, aren't we? But God is continuing to work. Um, uh, Jackie Insminger is in the sound booth maybe uh, this morning. And many years ago, she was asked to give a a message, a workshop on uh, gentleness. And it shocked her. And, And she came to me and she said, Debbie, when did I become gentle? I can, this Probably 20 years ago, this happened. And I can remember the shock to look on her face. When did I become gentle? When, when did I qualify to teach a class? It's because God was working in her and has co- continued. And now anybody that would meet her today would go, you were probably born gentle. You're an awesome person. God has plans for you. He has plans for you, God, for God is my witness, Paul said. How greatly I long for you with the affection of Jesus Christ. Well, they could have confidence in her, his, her, her, their progress because he was living proof. I'm sure they all knew his testimony, that he was on a rampage. Wow, he was a bad boy. And God knocked him off his horse and he changed completely. And, and he once hated Christian, but now now look at how he's taught, I long for you with the affection of Jesus. He's talking like a girl. I mean, he's talking like a mom, not a father in the faith. God, if God can change Paul, he can change anybody. And maybe you have a... um a unlikely candidate in your world. uh, Well, don't give up. Don't give up. Maybe you should ask that God would knock him off his high horse. And maybe sometimes God has to knock us off our high horse a little bit. Being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. I have no other hope except when, in Christ, when he grows bigger and bigger, you know, like that little story I think i 've told it before. a uh, little boy used to to like to sit in the front row and listen to the pre- preacher and just talk about a big God and a wonderful God and an amazing god and and the little boy came to the preacher and and he said um, said that is just so awesome i I love to hear about the god the God that's so big, but you also said that." That, um, that God would live in me. God would live in me. And the little boy said, if God is so big and I am so little, and he comes in, wouldn't he just stick out? And the pastor said, one would hope. One would hope. That's the secret to this equation. One would hope that he just takes, takes over more and more territory, as he did with Paul. But I want you to know, then he goes on to say, that the things that happened to me have actually turned out pretty good. They've turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So it's become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains, my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. This is a big package. First of all, he says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things that happened to me. And I just felt like leaning over to him and, and asking him, Paul, at this moment that you're writing this, you're, you're, um, you're, you're sitting in a prison cell. Did you notice that? Did you notice that? And, and are you reflecting on all the events that led up to that? Are you, are you going back to when you were like three days old in the Lord? You were, you were a- already sharing your faith, and then people became so agitated that they had to let you down a, a wall in the city so you could escape. Did that work out good for you? <laughs> Did that work out? Is that what you were talking about? Were you talking about the, the times that you were, he was stoned a couple times. He was beaten many times. He was thrown into prison. You know, by the time he's, he's sitting in that prison cell, you know, he's not a young man. And <clears throat> if you get stoned a couple times, I, I don't think you look that good. You know, maybe they hit him in the face. Maybe he had scars. Um, scholars believe that maybe his eyesight was bad. Maybe he walked with a limp. You know, he wasn't pretty. But, but even that, even that, God used for the gospel. God used for the gospel. And, and, and it's a wonderful thing. And I'm thinking about even his journey to get to prison in Rome. You look back at the the chain of events that he had gone to Jerusalem to worship and and to settle some matters and bring some money to the Christians and and he was misunderstood and and a, a crowd kind of raised up and part of it was envy and part of it was the religious elite that resented him for now preaching Christ and and um, they they tried to beat him up there he was thrown into prison then there was a. A plot to kill him, and he was sent to Caesarea. Um, but hey, he got to preach before leaders and rulers and their wives. And then he was sent to, to to Rome. When he appealed to Rome that he would be going to court there, he was put on a ship. And, and the unfair situations that happened there, the sailors they sailed too late. They made wrong decisions. And, and, and then there was this huge storm. And the soldiers that were with him, you know, they, they were used to big battles. Roman soldiers were well-trained. They were committed. They were fierce. They were brave. And yet a supernatural storm that just blew their ship apart and crashed them, That was a battle they couldn't fight. And they saw this little guy, so peaceful, so confident in God, so eager to share the gospel with them and even care for their needs. After they had gone days without eating, right before they crashed in their ship, he said, I think you guys need to eat something here. Again, he was acting like a mom to these soldiers. And, you know, they didn't have the Internet then. They didn't have Instagram and YouTubes and all of that. But everyone loves a good story. So these soldiers, as they were assigned to different places in the Roman Empire, you know, sitting around the fire, you know, telling a few stories, I'm sure that those, those um, soldiers you want to hear a good story, I'm telling you a good story. And they talk about the storm and the shipwreck. And then they talk about this guy that told them there was a God who loved them. Yeah, the things that happened. And I'm just saying, what has happened to you? What hardship, what, what hard thing are you facing now? What are some things in your past that, that, that you could have angst at? You could have bitterness. You, you, you could have fear for the future. Don't you know that God can use those very, very things? My husband is in Russia right now. And, um, some of you know that, that he planted churches there for many, many years. And the whole, the whole chain of events of how that even happened is kind of crazy. We were in Oregon. We loved it. I loved it. My roots were way down deep. And then some circumstances, um, that I could have resented, sent us Cal- to California, and Pastor Chuck asked my husband to have a radio talk show down here, and um, he did. He interviewed people like, um, like um, Brother Andrew, and uh, who smuggled Bible behind Iron Curtain, and because of that, when the Iron Curtain fell, Pastor Chuck asked him to start going to Russia plant churches. And he did, over and over and over again. And one winter, he went to Siberia. In Siberia, you think it's cold out this morning, some of you wore sweaters, but um, the first time I went to Siberia, it was 35 below zero. Yeah, that's cold. And it was 35 below zero when they planted the first Calvary Chapel in Siberia. And the officials the, the the Russian officials resented them and opposed them and partly it was because the Russian Orthodox Church would put pressure on them. And so the mayor of Omsk in Siberia somehow got a picture of my husband. My husband always wore a cowboy hat in Russia and cowboy boots. And so he was easily recognized. And uh, the mayor put his picture on TV. And he said, if anyone sees this man and he invites you to a concert, don't go. Well, when you tell that to a 19-year-old or a (laughs) 20-year-old or maybe someone older like you, that's exactly what you want to do. And the crowds at those concerts were so huge. There was hundreds and hundreds of people that came. And because they locked the doors of the amphitheater that they were going to that they had rented to have this concert in, the musicians cut the fingers off their gloves, put their gloves on so they could play their guitar. And God save souls. The things that had happened have furthered the gospel. God, God's always working. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. That is who he is. And when we trust him with all of our hearts, God wants to do great things. Nobody is the missionary in your world except you that walks out your front door in your neighborhood in the grocery store that you go to. You're the missionary. If not you, who? If not now, when? That's what God is trying to stir up in it to. As we see, this was a powerful thing. This is a, a wonderful thing. And Paul was living proof that you can chain, chain our hands or change our feet or put us in a prison. And some of you are in hard situations. Some of you are mommies. You feel sometimes you're locked up with three little ones. Help! Does anybody hear me? Help! But God's doing a wonderful thing. A wonderful thing. When you're out with those little mommies, you know, God can use you. When you start chatting with somebody at the grocery store or maybe in line, God can use you as you shine. God uses you as a missionary to your children. They're the mission field sometimes. Maybe your husband isn't saved. They're the mission field. My family's not saved. My, mom, my sister just broke her arm last week. I'm going to go to her house <laughs> and be a missionary with her and love her, love her, love her in the name of Christ. So he makes this statement that, that people are bold because of what they see in him. And, and we should be bold. We should be bold because of what we see in him. I just finished reading the story of Joseph. And, and truthfully, in my Christian life, I've read that story at least 40 or 50 times. But, but still and yet, every single time, it's a cliffhanger to me. It's a cliffhanger. I am just hanging on every word. What's going to happen next? I know what's going to happen next, but I want to see it again. Tell me again what's going to happen next. And emotionally, I mean, I found myself weeping, weeping, when his brothers sold him into slavery, the callousness, and then they lied to their dad. And then he was sold to a wealthy man whose wife um, testified against him. Falsely, and then he was thrown into prison. He 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 um, gave a man in prison the the meaning of his of his dream, and that guy forgot him. But the testimony of his story is God was with him. God was with him. God was with him, and never forgot him. And that's the story for us. And at the end, after he was restored to his family, his brothers were nervous when Dad died. Oh, no, now is Joseph's chance for revenge. And you know what Joseph said? He said, don't worry about it. Listen, yeah, you, yeah, 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 you guys meant it for evil, but my God, who I serve, he meant it for good. And can't you look at your circumstances and see that the very thing that's been the hardest for you I'll tell you, I have friends that, that have gone through such hard things. And you know what? They can spot pain a mile away. God builds your compassion because you get it. You get it. Jesus was moved by compassion because he saw that people were wounded and weary like sheep without a shepherd. Let us, let us be used by God. And then he talks about the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add aff- affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love. Yeah, well, this is the same true now. There are people that are famous and wealthy and have huge churches and they're so articulate and they're just amazing. But um, they're not preaching the gospel. I have a friend. Her name is Yanni. She's from Cuba originally. And she was a single mom uh, working to support her little family. And uh, someone invited her to Joel e. Osteen's uh, church. And lo and behold, that week, he preached the gospel. And she got saved. No truth. is truth. Truth. And um, then... She, her life was changed, turned upside down she was so excited, she went to church the next week listened to the message and you know what, by the discernment of God she said uh, I'm not getting fed here she found a new church at Calvary Chapel about 10 years later she married the pastor so God is good God is good and that that day he preached the gospel God used him and I'm thankful because I have an awesome friend uh, who came to the Lord that day. For I know, Paul said, that this will turn out uh, for my deliverance through your prayer and supply of the Spirit in Jesus Christ. Okay, here's the key. Put your hand out. Here's the key. You going through a hard time right now? Are you? Struggling with something? Are you? I'm going to raise my hand if you don't. Uh, okay, thank you for being honest. I got something I can't fix. I got an attitude that's annoying me. <laughs> right? And, and I, I just went to the Lord. Lord, I, I just want to be over this. I want to be over this. I read this. Well, well have, are you taking it to me? Number one. And are you relying upon the power of the Holy Spirit? I committed it to prayer four days ago, and even this day, God is unlocking the chains of that. And my attitude has improved. <laughs> I'm not over it, but I'm gaining ground. <laughs> yeah, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. And you know what? Sometimes we just need to die a little. We just need to die a little, and that's good. Because then Christ has more space to occupy. Die to my will and to my way and to my rights. I want to I die to that. So he can have more and more territory. Don't you? For me to live is Christ. Because that's living. That's the living the Christian life. I'm telling you, once we turn our agenda and our hopes and dreams over to him... He puts us on, on, a, on a, a great adventure. I mean, every day can be adventure as we see his hand, even in the little things. But if I live on in the flesh, um, this will mean fruit for my labor. But which shall I choose? <laughs> Do I want to um, die and be with Christ? He says, I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire and to, to depart to be with Christ, which is far better. You know, some, sometimes I think that. <clears throat> I'm just looking at this world, and I go, um, <clears throat> yeah, beam me up, Scotty. You know, beam me up. This is going to get scary. This is ramping up here. Just beam me up now. But, you know, maybe not yet. He is going to beam us up with a shout and the trumpet of God. But right now, we need to be about his business. We need to be about his business. We need to see that we should be living intentional, with purpose, that we have a mission now. We're not done. We're not done. God decides when we're done. I have a friend, a good friend, that we've served in ministry probably... 40 times together, and she just got diagnosed with brain cancer. I think she has two weeks. You know, but you know what? I can look back at her life. She ran her race. There was nothing I asked her to do that she didn't do. And sometimes it was last minute. Some of you that work with me know, not pretty sometimes. But she was a good servant, a faithful servant. And her heart's desire was children's ministry and women's ministry. And she served her heart out. You know, to part is, is glory. And, but to stay is glory. Far better. And right now, some of you are mommies, and you've got a mission. And live it out. Live it with all your heart. And fall on your knees asking the Holy Spirit to fill you. How did Paul become so dynamic, so amazing? Well, after God knocked him off his high horse, then he sent a faithful servant, Ananias, to lay hands on him to receive his sight. But also, this is is specific and strategic, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the secret. That's the whole secret. And the same secret that he had lived by and faced his crises with and was fruitful and loved people in a way that he could have never loved people was the supply of the Holy Spirit. Have you fallen on your knees recently and said, God, I need you. I need you to just... Fill me so full that I overflow, that I just overflow, not of me trying to be better, but of you being your holy self, of you making love and action through my ordinary flawed life, the supply of the spirit. To remain in the flesh is more needful for you. You are where you are by divine appointment. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you. Only let your conduct be worthy, be worthy of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit. There's a little poem where we're preaching the gospel, a word every day, by the things that we do and the things that we say. And people read what we write, whether faithful or true. So what is the gospel? According to you. We are to be the hands of feet, living worthy, such an honor, such a privilege of the gospel, living living proof to others of a changed life, standing fast on the faith and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Well, that's a good word for us. There are times when I, I have to turn off the news. I'm a little terrified of the adversaries of Christian Christianity today, which to them is a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. For to you it's be granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but to suffer for his sake. It's an honor. It's been granted to you. Lucky you. And you know what he's saying? Lucky me. Lucky me, he's saying. How did I end up in a Roman prison being able to affect, by a ripple of fact, the soldiers, and they go back and tell their their wives and their children, and they tell other soldiers, how do I get to testify in places that I, I, I would never imagine? Lucky me. And he's called us wherever we are, to suffer well. Uh, Easier said than done. But to suffer for his sake. That we could say, I get it when we see someone going through a hard time. I get it. But you know what? I have a God who's affectionate towards you. He's not just a God that wants to boss you around. He's not just a God who, who gives you rules and regs. Going back to this statement that Paul said, he loved them with the affection of Jesus. Do you have that in your own life? Do you realize that he's affectionate to you personally? That he knows every tear that has ever fallen from your face? He loves you. He wants to speak his promises to you. He wants to give you his strength when you're weak. He wants to clear the fog (laughs) when you feel like you don't have the answers to that complicated problem you're facing. He wants to heal your broken heart. And this is the message of this wonderful chapter. Will you hold out your hands with me right now? Lord, we just thank you, God. There are so many powerful treasures, God. We just want to grab them and stuff them in the deep part of us. God, so when someone is hurtful or, or someone is agitating or someone rejects us, God, that we would just feel safe and, God, we would feel confident. That, God, that you said in the world we would have tribulation but be of good cheer have joy, have hope, because you have overcome the world. And God, I pray, God, that we would do exactly what you commanded us to do, come to you, hear your word, and obey it, so that we will be standing on the rock when the storms come. And so, God, we pray with all of our hearts that you would absolutely fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your nature. Fill us with the fruits of your Holy Spirit living in us. Christ in us is to live. Christ in us is glory. And we pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.